Hello, everybody, and welcome to Screens and Streams. My name is Joe Chamis. And I'm Tristan Irvin. And this is a little podcast we decided to do about TV, stuff that you see on your screen and stuff that you can stream. Absolutely, Joe. Yeah, so I think we're just a couple of guys who like TV. It's probably the uh, most general description I can think of. Yeah, I mean, uh, I guess the idea of this podcast came from, you know, just the general conversations we were having right. around the, the, the water cooler. Yes, work. yes, water cooler conversations um, kind of evolved into, hey, we should really do a podcast in like a half-joking manner. And then, you know, the next time that we said it, we were kind of a bit more serious about it. And we're just like, oh, well, we have the equipment and it's at our disposal here uh, where we work, which I guess we should mention that we both work in TV, and that's probably another factor that yeah. uh, brought us together here. Yeah, we uh, both enjoy kind of <clears throat> listening to it, and um, you know, it gives us a unique perspective of you know the fact that we work in TV as well. Yeah, and um, yeah, and we're just going to talk about. Uh, I think we have uh, an affinity for Netflix originals, but really, kind of anything TV related. Uh, both of us are. Uh, into uh, a certain amount of series, and part of the reason we decided we can get together and talk about them is because there was a lot of crossover between what we were both watching. So uh, what will we be covering today, Tristan? Um, Well, I think the three shows we're kind of hoping to cover off. Um, The kind of the main one uh, that kind of kicks everything off will be Love, um, the Netflix original um, with... Uh, Paul Russ and um, Gillian Jacobs. Gillian Jacobs, yes, thank you. And then we're going to move on probably to um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, um, just to kind of do um, a little bit of a talk about season one. Um, I know I watched it quite a long time ago, so. Yeah, it'll be a refresh uh, so we can kind of prepare ourselves for season two, but I think both of us uh, have we'll maybe watched that one a little while ago, but. Yeah, it'll it'll be good for um, yeah prepare ourselves for season two. Yeah, discuss then, what we're looking forward to, and uh, and we'll talk. I'm sure season two on our next episode, hopefully. Yes, hopefully. Um, and then we'll talk about Angie Tribeca, which um, is a bit of a interesting series. <clears throat> yeah, very interesting. Um, that's definitely the one that's most fresh in my mind. I just watched a uh, binged through a bunch of episodes uh, yesterday. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Be... Uh, yeah. I just finished, uh, I just watched the fourth one last night. So, um, perfect. I think we're both kind of at the same point in that series then. So that'll absolutely, that'll yeah. make it easier. And, uh, that of course is, uh, airing on comedy network here in Canada. And then I think it's comedy... TBS actually. I think it's TBS. TBS in the States. Yeah. I okay. believe, I believe okay. it's TBS. I, I at least know that TBS are, the folks that did the uh, the bingeathon, um, which we'll get to, I guess, a little bit later on when we start talking about that show. Absolutely, yeah. Um, it's definitely on Comedy Network in, uh, here in Canada, though. Okay. Yes. Or at least that's what my PVR says, anyways. <laughs> um, so uh, I think um, we have a little spot here for uh, our news segment. So if you, uh, I think I have the first story here, so we can go ahead and jump right into that. Let's do it. Okay, so uh, the new segment is basically kind of something that interests both of us, or um, each one of us kind of finds interesting that happened in the news cycle to do with TV. Um, 
kind of over the past month. We're hoping to do these podcasts about once a month. Uh, so uh, the first story I have here is that Anna Torv um, from Fringe has been cast in the new Netflix original Mindhunter, which is um, a David Fincher series. Anna Torv, um, of course, played Olivia Dunham in Fringe, which is one of my favorite television shows ever. Yes, I'm aware of this. So uh, there you go. Um, so I'm quite excited by this fact. Um, apparently there was like some HBO original that she had a pilot in, um, but uh, HBO declined to pick it up. So there you go. Huh. Uh, do you want to do your, your one of your stories next, Joe? Yeah, why don't I do that? Um, let me pull it up here. We are very organized professionals, Tristan. Absolutely, Joe. Not at all looking at other things in the course of this podcast. Um, <laughs> while it's loading, I will uh, describe it. Luckily, I've kind of got it memorized. But um, uh, Richard Belzer uh, will be reprising his role in Law & Order's Special Victims Unit. Now... Um, I know that there's like a million of these spinoffs, SVU and 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 yeah. the like, yeah. but uh, I have heard uh, a lot of people uh, speak with quite an affinity for the original Law and Order. So Mr. Belzer was an original cast member. Uh, his character retired season 15, and uh, he's going to be uh, guest starring in an episode in May called Fashionable Crimes. So that'll be pretty interesting for uh, for fans of uh, Law and Order. Oh yeah, sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, 15, like, retired after 15 seasons. Yeah. <laughs> Friggin' show's been on forever. That show has been on for quite a while. Ugh, crazy. Okay, so, um, I guess my next story, um, not that it's really that much, like, uh, hidden news or anything, is, of course, Daredevil Season 2 launched, uh, what was it, last week? Last Friday? Something like that? Um, so, I'm excited for that. I really enjoyed uh, Season 1. I know um, Joe hasn't got a chance to watch it yet, but uh, Not yet. I'm very excited for that. Cool. Very cool. Um, and I guess I, the one more thing, the one last thing that I want to, to talk about, I thought this was kind of neat. Chris Pratt has uh, put out the call to uh, support a charity, the Lake Stevens Boys and Girls Club, and the grand uh, prize in this little contest that he's putting on is to have lunch with him and visit the set of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, which just sounds amazing. So you basically get a behind-the-scenes tour of uh, of the new movie, a tour of the Milano, his spaceship in the movie, and you can talk about anything. It's funny that it says, talk about space or anything with Chris Pratt over lunch. Uh, so, you know, they, they fly you out to Atlanta and you get a four-star hotel and stuff like that. So, uh... Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I think you have to like create like a mixtape of, of some sort and enter it in, so it's very kind of thematically tied to the movie. And I thought that was kind of a neat contest, and it's for a good cause and uh, for a great movie, which I'm looking forward to quite a bit. Yes, me too. I uh, I think that uh, both of us have uh, really enjoyed the first one. So. Yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Perfect mix of, of comedy and action, I think. Absolutely. Okay, and on to my last item. Um so, I don't know if you heard, Joe, but there was a Apple announcement this past Monday. Oh, there sure was. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, they announced, of course, the 9.7 iPad Pro, of which yeah. I have the bigger version. Mm-hmm. And um, apparently, uh, and this is just um, uh, 
specific to the 9.7 version is that it will now have uh, a cinema style or digital cinema style color space. So it's going to have a wider color gamut um, that matches what color correction is done uh, in the um, Hollywood and cinema industry. Well, that's pretty damn cool. Yeah, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there's all the talk of HDR going on uh, within our own kind of uh, spaces. It's it's interesting to hear that uh, you know everyone uh, within the tech industry is kind of uh, jumping on this all at the same time. Yeah, um, I'm not entirely sure if it's. I don't think it's specifically HDR compatible. No, not but. not necessarily. But you just like the whole wider color space thing is. Um, you know, it's a thing that's apparently starting to become more important to people. Obviously, important to. Uh, to people who, you know, go to movies and watch TV like us. Yeah, it's uh, definitely the next jump in um, in cinema and television technology in terms of, um, you know, getting a better picture quality and that kind of thing. 4K yeah. was like a half jump. Mm-hmm. I think HDR is kind of the, the full jump. That's the full step, yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Nice. Okay, so uh, shall we move on to our first segment yeah. of show content. Yeah, the meat. This is the meat of the podcast. Absolutely. Um, so we will be talking about a little show called Love, which is a, a Netflix original, uh, as we said at the top of the program, starring Gillian Jacobs and uh, Paul Rust, who's also a producer along with uh, Judd Apatow, if I'm not mistaken. Absolutely, yep, that's correct. So Tristan and I both watched the series. Um so, I don't know, do we want to start with, like, just general thoughts on the series as a whole? Sure. Okay, so what did you think of it? Um, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed, um, I mean, obviously it was a comedic show, so I found it very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, the thing that really appeals to me is kind of the whole, like, awkwardness of it. Mm-hmm. Like that, um, it almost had, uh, not quite, but almost had, you know, kind of the, the British comedy feel where you know it was kind of awkward and um you know the the um funny came more out of just kind of the um odd and interesting situations yeah. where the characters you came more on the the off beats yeah yeah which is yeah that's definitely very you know british comedy type of style i think of like the uk office where like those awkward cringe worthy moments are, are the most uh are the most funny yeah uh, yeah i enjoyed it quite a bit too um I was a huge fan of Community, and that was the first place that I saw, you know, Gillian Jacobs, and then mm-hmm. she's obviously just had smaller roles or bit parts in, in movies and other shows here and there. Yeah. But when it popped up and she was in it, I was just like, okay, this seems cool. It's an Apatow show. I like his work. I like Gillian Jacobs. I hadn't really heard anything uh, about Paul Rust, but I went into it kind of with uh, expectations similarly of a comedy. And uh, I think what we got was... Uh, a nice mixture of comedy and drama. It's one of those shows that it seems to be a pretty popular formula these days. Within the first three or four episodes, I think I mentioned to you when we were both kind of at the beginning of watching it, I was like, I have a feeling this is going to get uh, very dark in the next (laughs) few episodes. And I think I was, uh, for the most part, correct. Yeah, you know, um, I mean, I don't think it went totally dark in the way... No, not necessarily. Like, certainly some other comedies have. Right. I, I think it managed to maintain its lightness, but you're right. It's definitely more in the popular vein of the, um, you know, the dramedy. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it was, um, I think, 
I think what I kind of uh, enjoyed about it was it took your expectations of these two characters and completely flipped them on their head from like the, you know, I, I think he, I thought very differently. It's interesting because I was watching the show with my fiance. Yeah. And both of us had our, within the first couple episodes, formed our opinions on, on Gus and Mickey. And right, I think yeah. both of our opinions by the end of the series had changed drastically on both characters. And I thought that was really neat. Yeah, I, I, I liked how um, both, um, how the characters seem to have um, a lot of depth to them. Mm-hmm. Like w- when you first start watching it, you're like, oh yeah, okay, nerdy guy, um, you know, kind of awkward um, girl. And oh yes, of course they're going to get together. But then, you know, kind of awkward jerkish girl-ish. Yeah. Kinda. And so, oh yeah, they're going to get together and they're going to balance each other out. But then throughout the series, you kind of get to see um, that those, the other sides or um, the other characters in the other characters, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You kind of you see a little bit of of Mickey and Gus, and a yes. little bit of Gus and That's Mickey. It. Yeah, yeah. It's it's interesting because you know, I, it's kind of to me started out as like an underdog story. It was just like the nerdy guy is gonna get the cool girl, right? Yeah, and yeah, then yeah, yeah. you know, like if like halfway or two thirds through the series, I was like, Gus is kind of being an asshole. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's, it was definitely an interesting uh, dynamic. Yeah, no, um, for sure. Uh, Yeah, I think kind of one of my favorite bits about it is kind of when Gus gets into the writer's room and then kind of shows off his almost unwillingness to kind of compromise. Yeah, he (laughs) he turns out to be a bit of an egomaniac and you're like, wow, you know, like this, you weren't kind of expecting it from that character and then you you see this slow build towards, and and then I feel like it kind of goes the opposite direction with Mickey where as Mm -hmm. the series progresses, you you kind of see her become more vulnerable and and she's willing to put herself out there a bit more and and it was Gus chasing her for, you know, three-fifths of the series and then you get down to the final stretch and she's like putting herself out there and she's like, no, I want want to be with you. Yeah, the the roles reverse, right? Yeah. 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 So that was very cool. Um, and uh, I don't know. What did you make of the, the finale? Uh, I, um, well, it was kind of interesting uh, for me because mm. um, definitely in the penultimate episode, I was kind of thinking towards the end, um, do I actually want these characters to get together? Yeah, you mentioned that to me. I, I, I almost didn't want it to happen. I just felt like, they were just two polar opposite and it was never going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, of course uh, in the last episode, uh, it only um, really ends with them, I guess, getting back together or even just kissing. Right. We don't so, really know. Yeah. No, we don't know. Yeah. We should, we should probably mention, by the way, uh, if you haven't seen love, <laughs> there <laughs> there are you be, listening to this podcast? There will be spoilers in this podcast. <laughs> um, you should have stopped listening a while ago. We'll put a spoiler warning or something on the, uh, the description in the, in iTunes or wherever this thing ends up. Yeah. This but, is, um, this is definitely not a yeah. generic take yes. on the uh, episode. Yes, so you just this is, vaguely uh, get into things. This is an NSFS thing. It's not <laughs> safe for spoilers. Not safe for the spoilers. Um, yeah. So I, the finale, I, like, I wasn't expecting that either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't know that I had the same feeling of you of like, I don't want these people to get together. I, I think um, because I'm just a sucker for the, the happy ending and like, right, yeah. a, you know, I kind of romanticize yeah. the hell out of a lot of, you know, because like we're just, 
we're treated to like the hot pink Hollywood ending a lot of times in a lot of films and so a lot of shows. You're, you're Gus at the beginning throwing Pleasantville out the, the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's me. That's so, as you know, it's like come to a realization of like, no, this is all, this is all bullshit. But um, no, I, I did want them to get together. But at that very last scene, Mickey's kind of giving her speech about, uh, you know, like I'm a messed up person and I'm an addict and I'm this and I'm that. And I need to take some time for myself for a year or so. And then maybe after a year, the two of us can try this again. Yeah. And in my head, I'm like, bravo, Mickey. Good for you. That's the perfect idea. And then Gus kisses her. I'm like, no, you idiot. <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, um, but uh, it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that pans out next season. Yeah. Like, what do you think? They'll Do you think they'll um, go into the second season and they'll be together? Or it will still be kind of like this weird, awkward phase where uh you know they're still kind of like dating or like going out on first dates kind of getting to know each other i don't know i think i kind of want it to be an awkward first like an awkward thing Mm -hmm. between them i don't know that they should necessarily start off in a relationship um i feel like i'm sure they'll make it they'll make it work and for the sake of the series if that's where it goes but at the end of the day they're both still two very flawed characters obviously yeah and there's so much more to go, I think, especially with Mickey. I thought that reveal, because like the whole time, for me, I, unless I didn't pick up on some hints in like the, the earlier going, I had watched the series and you kind of understand uh, pretty early on that she's uh, she's got a problem with drugs and she's yep. got a problem with drinking. Mm-hmm. And then I think it was in that penultimate episode, or at least close to the end, where she's in uh, a sex addiction uh clinic oh yeah 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 and like a love and sex edition clinic and i'm i was like is she just there because she's discovered that she has this addiction and then she gives her speech to gus at the end where she's like i I have a thing with drugs and i'm in a program for drinking Mm -hmm. and i'm a love and sex addict i'm like oh okay so she's that's been there the whole time yeah just it hasn't been revealed to us until the end so there's obviously you know they have the power to pull a lot of facets out of these characters that were you know unbeknownst to us mickey and gus are both x y and z and yeah. we'll be able to kind of see that i think in the next season but i don't know how do you how do you want it to to go into like what do you think is the best direction i uh, i don't know i feel like it's kind of gonna go in two ways either they're gonna go um like some netflix series do and they're just gonna start right where they left off mm-hmm. um and so i guess we will we'll get a bit of that awkward phase where excuse me where they um you know, go on another date and, you know, it may go well, it may not. Um, but, you know, part of me hopes they've just kind of moved on from that because, mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of got that whole section of the relationship this season, right? Right. Where, you know, they went on the date with the um, the magic and the yeah. magic show. Yeah, the magic and it show. it just went terribly. Oh, it did not go well. Yeah. And, um, you know... I feel like, okay, we've seen that, so now I'd like to see a little bit more of, you know, maybe um, not even like, you know, uh, a year, but maybe like six months or something later, uh, and they're kind of a little bit in depth and get a bit more of that dynamic. That'd be cool, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting what you said about um, having it pick up like exactly where where, uh, they left off, because I was thinking... I was thinking about that too as a as a possibility. Yeah. And I was just like, I feel like if if that's the direction that they were to go, like if we literally we started second season, they're standing in the same spot, um, 
they're kissing and then Gus pulls away, I feel like the first thing that Mickey would say to him is like, why did you do that? Like, why did you just do that? <laughs> and then just have, you know, the relationship kind of it's go from there. continuously, awkwardly start yeah. off and sort of move. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting. And um, the supporting cast was so good. Oh, and yeah, like sure. uh, Mickey's roommate, uh, Birdie, the Australian girl. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just... So she, good. She killed me throughout the entire series. Oh yeah, absolutely hilarious character. Um, very hilarious character. Uh, that the, whole um, date with her and Gus, like, oh, oh my, definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely like a top, a top uh, episode. I think. Oh yeah, definitely uh, one of the, my favorite episodes. One of my favorites out of the ten for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, the way she was just kind of playing them against each other. And, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of like great. There's a lot of great stuff. Um, there's like the those two old roommates that live in, in, uh, Gus's. Complex. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Those guys, uh, had some good moments. I think there was a one particular moment where he's having one of his like theme song parties and, and they're, they're kind of there. Oh yeah. They, they show up or whatever. Yeah. They just show up and one of them talks about, he's like, look, we're going to go out and get some, some trim. He's <laughs> like, dude, don't call it trim. We're not in like the, you know, I don't know the exact line, but all I know is that from there, they just go around the room, just spitting out various euphemisms for vagina. <laughs> <laughs> and it's hilarious. It's oh, just yeah. a, it was a memorable scene to me. <laughs> That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think one of the more memorable bits for me um, was when uh, Mickey and, um, oh, I don't remember the other character's name, um, but they end up on the subway and they get really high on the mushrooms. Oh my god, yeah, she's with Andy Dick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's it. And it and it's just such a bizarro episode. That was a weird episode because yeah. I, I went I immediately after watching that episode went to IMDB and was like, Is Andy Dick playing himself? Yeah. And his he's listed as just Andy <laughs> in like the as in terms of like, you know, character name Andy. I was just like, Andy Dick is playing himself. Oh man. Like it's, it's uh, because like he's <laughs> he's notoriously like, you know, wacky. Um yeah. and it's just like I don't know. It, it was such such a bizarre episode, but very cool. Yeah, I uh, kind of also like that whole um kind of the Gus perspective um in that show where he, you know, he's just waiting for the text back and he's sending a million texts. And he's not sh- sure why she's not responding yeah. and kind of freaking out. Exactly. Like that is, uh, you know, a big paranoia of me and kind of why um, I don't dislike texting, but kind of one of the paranoias I have with texting is you know, when people don't respond immediately, you know, I have these like mini panic attacks. Oh like, God, oh my gosh, was, are they dead? Did they die? Yeah. Did they just fall off a bridge? Was that the last thing they read? Like, yeah, like my oh stupid, my, te- my stupid joke text. Was that the last yeah. thing? Oh, and it, it's, and every person like goes, yeah. I feel like now, like that's definitely, that's a big generational thing. Mm-hmm. And everything you just said reminded me of, uh, and Aziz Ansari bit where he just goes on about texting yeah. and how, that makes you crazy. Yeah, totally. Uh, that, that inspired him to write his little modern romance book, which is a maybe we'll talk about Aziz on a, a later episode. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We definitely have to do that. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Where do we, we do we want to do we want to move on? Have we milked love for uh, for all it's worth? I don't know. Uh, do we have any predictions? Or I think we kind of yeah we kind of covered that. I yeah. think yeah. Okay. Um. Oh, just one thing to add to that. All right. Um, 
I noticed that the last episode was called The End of the Beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like that might hint at this, you know, the, the we're going to kind of jump ahead thing. But, you know, who knows? Yeah. No, I, I definitely see that. I, I noticed I noticed that as well. And mm-hmm. I was like, OK, well. Kind of an ominous title. Yeah, a little bit. It's like, well, oh, is, is this going to work out or what? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it feels like it feels like to me like a show where you kind of don't know if mm-hmm. it's going to work out, and yeah. that's good. That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. Like you, it gives you, you a reason to keep watching. You don't want like some you know cookie cutter comedy. No, that, absolutely not. You know, there's enough of those out there. I mean, if that's for your sure. thing, sure, go yeah. go ahead and watch that. But yeah. Uh, yeah, and you know they're good for certain stuff. But, yeah, I'm yeah. a I am a I am a, like I said earlier, I am a sucker for for the happy ending type thing. But like I want to be I want to be surprised occasionally. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so uh, shall we move on to Let's move on our next show we want to talk about? Um, and I'm not sure how long this conversation could be. Um, might yeah, be a little short, but this will uh, be on the short side because I think it's not as fresh in, in right. either of our minds. Mm-hmm. We're just kind of looking forward to season two, really, at this yeah. point. Is uh, Unbreakable. Yeah. They're alive. Damn Holy it. shit. It's is a the, miracle. Is the theme song <laughs> of this song, uh, of this show, catchy like, damn. It's oh. just. Oh, yeah. Like, I mean, I think, of course, both of us are still singing it. Like, still, to like this day. a year later, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, um, yeah, that was, like, right off the bat. It was like, okay, well, this theme song is stuck in my head immediately, so. <laughs> so you know, the show must be good, right? As a good omen, yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, no, I love it. And especially how it incorporates into into the show so well mm-hmm. with the kind of it's this parody of a parody like auto-tune the news type thing oh yeah that they did was yeah yeah like, so brilliant and and how it kind of integrates itself in, at the end is, yeah, yeah 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 it's great oh yeah i did not expect to see that guy the guy who sings the theme song in like the opening as a as a character in the show at the end of the series yeah <laughs> i was like wow i was not expecting that yeah i think that's one of the things that um like I think I may have mentioned this when we were talking about it like a year ago, that mm-hmm. it was originally um, an NBC pilot yeah, show. Yeah, right. And you can tell that the first couple episodes were definitely written for network TV. Yeah, they're skewed towards like maybe a different kind of audience. Yeah, and they're all kind of hitting like 22 minutes, like kind of pretty close on the dot yeah. in terms of timing and, and the rhythm is very network TV and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then as the series moves on, it becomes a bit more... Um, you know, um, varied in length and yeah. a little more dynamic, and that lends itself to be a little more dynamic and yeah. all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, definitely a bit more free with its time. Not to jump ahead too far, but right. I, I do know that I did read something about season two saying that uh, because they know now that they're on Netflix right. permanently, that they, they are going to be even a bit more, even more free with their their time and, and add a few extra minutes maybe to the, the episodes, which uh, is exciting to me because, you know, we get more content out of it, so. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, uh, I don't know. All around great show. Like I said, you know, there's, there's not a whole lot to say about it except for I'm excited for the second season. To me, Tina Fey can, can do no wrong. <laughs> yeah. So. I, yeah. She's, she's great. Um, for me, I think kind of the highlight of the series was, um, the guest appearance by, uh, John Hamm. Oh my God. Oh, that reveal was excellent. That's yeah. what, that's what this show is really good at is kind of those reveals where yeah. it's just like they hide a character for, I don't know how many episodes was it. I don't, I don't even remember. It was thirteen episodes. I think it was like a twelve or thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know, like say eight episodes. They kind of hide the character of the um, 
uh, oh, what's his name? The, the, the pastor. The, the pastor, that's it, yeah. yeah. Uh, they kind of hide that character, and so you don't really know who it is. And then, of course, he shows up, and it's yeah. John Hamm. Like, yeah. to me, that was such a moment. Like, I literally said out loud, John Hamm! Yeah. <laughs> because I was just I, so excited to see him. I remember you were a bit ahead of me in the series, and yeah. you were like, you're in for a doozy. Mm-hmm. Like, you were telling me, you are warning me. And, of course, John Hamm shows up. I'm like, are you goddamn kidding me right now? Yeah. Um, yeah. That and was I, great. Yeah, it was great, and um, I'm a bit of a fan of John Hamm's uh, just because, um, you know, I really enjoyed him in Mad Men, and Mm -hmm. um, I actually think he's, uh, you know, a really great comedic actor. Yeah. He did a a few bits in Parks and Rec where he just kind of showed up, and those were great, too, and he was only there for, like, you know, 10, 20 seconds. And that's the thing. For me, like, I've never, I haven't seen Mad Men, but... I was a huge fan of Parks and Rec and I had known John Hamm as, you know, this, you know, who played this, Swab, this iconic character actor. of Don Draper. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, so he's, you know, I don't know him as comedic actor, John Hamm. I know him as, you know, like a brooding cool guy, John Hamm. Yep. And he showed up, like you said, and had those bit parts in, in Parks and Rec towards the end, just playing a complete moron. Yeah, absolutely. And it was amazing. <laughs> so yeah. I was very excited to, to see him as well show up uh, at the end of, of Kimmy Schmidt there. Yep. Um, um, do you have, like, any predictions as to where it's going to go? I mean, if you can remember how it ended. Yeah. Um, the biggest thing for me is uh, Titus's character just dropping little hints throughout the series yeah. that there's more to him than meets the eye. And, mm-hmm. of course, the, the big reveal at the end, he's like, oh, this is my wife. Oh, yeah. So I'm just really interested to see where <laughs> that goes. Yeah, that's that's really going to be really going to be fun. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. he's, so, I mean, he's just so delightful, that character. <laughs> <laughs> he is, and... Um, the whole uh, Pinot Noir thing was oh great. My God. And and he did say, again, another thing that I read is that he's got kind of a spiritual successor to Pinot Noir in the works oh, nice. for season two. So <laughs> another thing to look forward to. Oh, be prepared for the memes, people. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, I'm, I'm super excited about yeah, yeah. that. Me too. Um, I think uh, Jane Krakowski was fantastic. Her kind of journey... Um, from being, you know, Kimmy Schmidt's employer, mm-hmm. uh, and, and even like, you know, going back to the whole thing where it, this one is obviously a lot more silly, uh, in nature and more of a comedy, a yes. pure comedy than, than love yeah. was, but, uh, there's still some considerable character development, I think, uh, especially in, in Jane Krakowski's, uh, character as she kind of like. You know, she becomes less Kimmy's uh, superior and more her friend as the series uh, progresses. Yeah, yeah. And the uh, final scene where she drives off with the car in the car without her contacts. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, yeah I'm super excited for season yeah, two. Yeah, man, me too. Okay. Shall we move on to the next one? Yes. Yes. Let's move on. This is the, like I said, the one that's most fresh in my mind. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and introduce yeah, it? Yeah. This is uh, Steve and Nancy Carell uh, put together this little TV show mm-hmm. with Rashida Jones at the helm in the leading <laughs> role, which is fantastic. It's Amazing. good to see her yeah. uh, in a leading role because um, I've always been a fan of hers. Angie Tribeca is the name of this show. And Jesus Christ, <laughs> what a ridiculous like over the top like I feel like we've 
this is like the graduating cylinder of of pure pure comedy. Oh yeah, that for we, sure. We kind of like because like love is kind of like the comedy you start drama, the dramedy, yeah. and then you know Kimmy Schmidt's a bit more silly. This is just top to tail the most ridiculous show I've seen in a long time. Yeah, and and it's great. It's I love just it. so literal. It's like, so literal. Every like take a seat and they both pick up chairs right yeah. like i've been framed and people cross with the frame I oh mean, my god these are things of course that um if you haven't seen it uh, have been in the promos but yeah 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 um and it's funny you, you mentioned kind of like uh a parallel between um that awkward thing with love and, yes. and british british comedy yeah i kind of sense like because british comedy to me has that really awkward cringy and then the wry um right the, the wry the sarcastic dialogue yeah. but there's also the really kind of like slapstick silly conventions of it mm-hmm. monty python's a good example of oh, that um faulty towers sure. had a really good combination of that mm-hmm. and i yep. feel like that they're all of the sillier slapstick bits of uh of Britcoms i see a little bit in this show especially that kind of monty python thing where it's just like everything is literal yes and yeah like nothing like nothing says nothing they say is taken as like a, a turn of phrase it's all literal yeah and yeah. cartoonishly surreal too a- like absolutely. dogs walking around on their hind legs and smiling at people oh yeah the, <laughs> the, the dog detective <laughs> yeah oh man um and and it's really fast too like uh like i watch it on a pvr and i think i kind of and um I think you watched it on computer, so I think yeah. we kind of both benefit from the fact that, that we can rewind. We can rewind because yeah. there was uh, what part was it? Oh, um, the let's just say line, which I think was in like the third or second episode. Yeah. And the first time they did it, I completely missed it, yeah. and it was kind of like, wait, why did they both just say that at yeah. the same time? So I like had to reverse it and then play it back. I'm like, oh, she said, let's just say that. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense because you're just so used to that phrase in yeah. your brain, right? And then. So you, you don't even blink when you hear it. And then all of a sudden they're doing this silly thing and you're like, wait, what triggered that? And then it happens go- again later on. Yeah. And I think the same thing happened to me where uh, it happened, like that moment happened. And then I don't think I stopped it, but I kind of like, I had like a little bit of like a hiccup in one of my brain synapses firing. Yes. And I was just like, why did, oh, uh, I got it. And then I just <laughs> kind of continued watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And And sometimes like, uh, for me, like I'll have that too, where I'm kind of thinking about the previous joke, and then the next one will go by, and I'm like, "Oh man, I just completely missed that." Yeah, I was trying to figure it exactly. The one before yeah, that. there's a lot of joke mileage happening in, oh, in this yeah. show, which They're is just pounding them out, which is great. Um, yeah, uh, I'm very glad to see uh, Dion Cole to mm-hmm. um, show up. Yeah, uh, with his with his dog uh, with his dog companion. Uh, I'd seen him in um, do some stand up, and I'd seen him in a few sketches on on the Conan show actually. And I was like, this guy's very funny. And then to you know to see him pop up in in this show was great. Yeah, for sure. Um, and there've been some great. Um, there was a few great cameos. I, we, I both of us only only seen the first four episodes, but I think you mentioned to me earlier Jeff Dunham. Yep, Jeff Dunham shows, shows up. up. Yep. Uh, Sarah Chalk shows up as uh, the wife of. Uh, the I guess the guy that Jeff Dunham murders in that episode. Uh, yeah, I guess. Um, uh, yeah, it's unclear. <laughs> no, oh no, uh, he kills the the other um, the other ventriloquist. The other ventriloquist. Yeah. I think yeah, the other ventriloquist's wife, the one who died, I think was played by by Sarah Chalk, who was of course yeah. in, in Scrubs and in a few other shows. And How I Met Your Mother. Um, no, so it's it's good. 
it's good seeing familiar faces. I don't know for me, yeah. especially from from comedy. Adam Scott as the Doctor. <laughs> That's great. Uh, at but, the top of the second episode. Oh my god. Oh yeah. The um the whole thing. Uh, you mentioned this when we were kind of talking about it before, uh, before the podcast, where uh, um. You're like, we'll be partners for a long time. And yeah. then immediately steps in, into an open into an elevator. Open elevator shaft. <laughs> it's like, oh. Yeah. And and that was funny because, um, of course, uh, the way it ended in Canada has just been an episodic week-to-week order. So uh, I was kind of wondering if, you know, that character was going to be back the next week. And, of course, he was. But yeah. uh, that was kind of interesting for me. I'm kind of like... I, they gonna bring him back? Like, yeah. is that just like a one? Like, is she gonna have like a different partner every That's week? That's what or? I thought too. I was yeah. like, wait a second. Now are they gonna? You know, but they obviously they you know, they brought him back. They're gonna yeah. develop yeah. his character a little bit. But they and, they had us going with the uh, doctor. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. he's like, um, oh, I forgot the exact line, of course, but he does the whole bait and switch, and he's like, yeah. oh, he's dead. He died. All this stuff, and then it's like, oh no, wrong guy. Yeah. As soon as he said it, he lived a long life. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Um, that was great. Yeah. Uh, I do. It's, it's funny you should mention like both of us are watching it. I think episode to episode. And, um, I think it was, uh, I had read about it when I was kind of like looking up info on the show. Yeah. I discovered that on TBS where presumably it airs in the States, mm-hmm. uh, they had the, uh, Angie Tribeca binge Right. Yeah. Where they aired all 10 episodes of the first season commercial free, um, back to back. And there was like a 25-hour period where you can stream them online, I think, on, on the TBS site oh, or something, yeah, okay. which I thought was a very bold move. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I mean, they're they're kind of, you know, capitalizing on that, that Netflix model, which is neat. And uh, it, yeah. Yeah, it would have been cool to, to kind of see it like that, but... Yeah. I You know, I was kind of wondering, like, uh, what they were thinking when they were... Um, not like, what were they thinking, but kind of like, um, you know if they were thinking like um, maybe it would spread better like word of mouth so like someone would have watched the entire mm-hmm. season in that 24 hours and then you know gone to work the next day and said oh man you gotta check out the series but uh, of course at that point they wouldn't be able to access it so they'd be like oh I guess I have to watch week to week and I wonder if that was kind of their thinking behind that yeah maybe I, I think I'm not sure I'm a bit cloudy on the details but mm-hmm. I think after that initial binge they they just kind of you know, presented it business as usual and, right, and had yeah. a, a weekly schedule for which, for the show. Which is how it's airing on Comedy Network here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, I look forward to see what continues to happen in that show. Yeah. Um, but I think I did mention this to you as well earlier. That show was a good palate cleanser. Oh, after yeah, absolutely. After you've seen a lot of stuff where maybe it's a bit Deep, darker dark, or maybe yeah. it's maybe it's more of a think piece uh, and you can watch this. Like, I, I don't want to say, like, I'm not invested in the quote unquote storyline of this show, but <laughs> I am watching purely to just like sit and laugh at the sheer cartoonish ridiculousness of, of everything. Yeah, it's, it's just so silly, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you can't help but laugh. Yeah, it's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah sure. thoroughly enjoyed that one. Okay, so I think we've about wrapped up our discussion on that. So yeah. do you want to move on? I think the next thing we have on our thing is kind of um, what. I guess we'll do like a different segment every week. Yeah, so. we've got a few ideas for yeah. this. This will be just kind of a grab bag. Yeah, for sure. So I think this month um, we're just going to talk a little bit about um, kind of something that the other person hasn't been watching, but um, 
more like a recommendation or mm-hmm. something like that. So I don't know if you want to go ahead and start off or if you have something or I do. Okay. Um so I'm a a big stand-up comedy fan. I'm yeah. a big fan of Louis C.K. Mm-hmm. as a lot of people who are fans of his or just, you know, kind of part of that that community or into that community know he had a great show on FX called uh Louis which I think has been on for now four or five seasons. Wow. And uh, he announced, I guess, at the end of the last season that it was on an indefinite hiatus. And w- everyone who is subscribed to his mailing list and has bought stuff uh, from his site with his, uh, you know, th- this little pay model that he started where it's like pay five bucks and get my whole comedy album or HBO special or whatever, DRM free, stream it, download it. Yeah. And a lot of people kind of followed in those footsteps. So everyone subscribed to that list, uh, uh, I guess a month or two ago, got an email from Louie saying, hey, here's my new show, Horace and Pete. It stars me and Steve Buscemi. Uh, check it out. And then there was a link to, to buy it. And everyone collectively went, what the fuck is this? Because <laughs> was there was shock, no, right? there was no like um, promotion for it. There was nothing. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first episode was five bucks, as everything on his site is. Mm -hmm. And when the second episode rolled around, it was two. And he kind of mentioned, he's like, a lot of people complained that it was too expensive, but I'm using my own money to make this show, so that's why it's expensive. (laughs) He's like, I'll charge you two for the second episode and three for all of the other ones going forward. So I was like, that's fair. And I've been watching the the, uh, six, I guess there's maybe been like six or or seven episodes uh, thus far. And um, it is, uh, I think, in the same vein as Louis, uh, you go into it expecting a comedy because there are comedians in it. And what you get is this very uh, dark and kind of weird show. Um, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's it kind of plays out like a stage play um, in terms of like just like the blocking and the sets. It all takes place in this bar called Horace and Pete's that is owned by, you know, uh, Louie and, um, and Steve Buscemi's characters. And they just find themselves in these weird scenarios. The bar has been around for a hundred years, but it's in dire financial straits. And Louie's, uh, you know, you find out as the show progresses, his character, uh, kind of did some scummish things, uh, when he was, uh, younger and he's trying to like, he's trying to like, you know, reach out to his, his kids of which he has two. One of them, you know, you don't see. And the other one is his daughter that comes around the bar every now and then. Uh, I don't know how to describe it because it's such a kind of strange. It's different, right? It's a very different show. Um, but I've, I think I've heard him and a couple other people, uh, describe it as cheers without the comedy, <laughs> like cheers. If cheers was like actually about a bunch of bar flies and how depressing their lives actually are. Yeah. That, that um, would definitely be a depressing. Show. Yeah. It's not for the faint of heart, but, uh, if you were, if you're into, uh, if you're a fan of Louie and, and the kind of stuff that he's done, if you're a fan of the show, Louie, I think this is, uh, something that is definitely worth checking out. And uh, the price might, you know, drive some people away. But uh, I don't know. Uh, for me, I, I feel like the three dollars is is fair. I'm not sure how long the seasons are. There's no yeah. indication of that. But um, I don't know. There's been some great people show up in it. Edie Falco, um, 
yeah, Edie Falco's in it, Steve Buscemi, Alan Alda was in mm-hmm. the first few episodes, and he was fantastic. Played a character you would not expect Alan Alda <laughs> to play. Uh, no, it was definitely worth checking out. So that's that's my thing that I'm kind of watching. Yeah, um, I think one thing you mentioned to me was uh, that you know there was one episode that was like just him and his you know ex-wife or whatever yeah Yeah. having a conversation and that was the whole episode i think it was like 30 minutes long and it was like there was maybe a two shot and a few close-ups and that was it and (laughs) it's just like it has to be you've got to be engaged by the dialogue Mm -hmm. to to be into this show and you know, it's not I mean, high luckily, action. No, it's not high action. Luckily for me, I was I was engaged. Um, and there's some funny bits in it here and there. There are comedians on the show. Stephen uh, Stephen Wright plays one of the barflies that's kind of in the show, and he it seems like he just plays like Stephen Wright if he was the barfly because he has <laughs> these little quips every now and then that are very much in his uh, signature tone. Um, Great. and, and it's funny the the interactions between the barflies are, are funny, but like the grand interactions between the, the people in the show and the families, Horace and Pete and, and their family is, is kind of, uh, it's this, to me, this really riveting, uh, sometimes sad, sometimes really emotional thing. And it's, it's, uh, fun to watch. Great. Thank you. Uh, well, I guess we'll move on to kind of my show now. Yeah. Um, which uh, I decided to choose Girls, which is another uh, kind of Judd Apatow-style mm-hmm. show. And it's very similar to Love in the way um, of kind of like the dramedy style. Um, I think I initially tuned into it because um, I think I was flipping on my TV, and I just kind of passed it. And it was like right at the very beginning of the first episode and I saw Adam Driver and this was like right when the time where Force Awakens came out <laughs> and I was kind of like, is that Adam Driver? Is 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 that Kylo Ren? Is that what? Kylo, Kylo Ren's in this, this show with these yeah, girls? Yeah, with, with um, Lena Dunham. With Lena Dunham, and, yeah. yeah. And I'm like, oh, and I'm like, oh yeah, I heard he was kind of in this. And so I, I kind of started watching and within like the first two episodes I was hooked. Like, it's just one of those kind of shows where you're almost immediately invested into the characters Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, speaks very much to our kind of generation where um, the lead character, um, Hannah, uh, in the first episode gets cut off from her parents. Hmm. um, So they cut her off financially and then fired from her internship. So she's not even making any money and gets and so she, of course, gets cut off from her parents and then goes to her internship and says, can you please hire me? Because I just got cut off. And they were like, oh, uh, no. And she's like, but you hired this person. And they're like, yeah, that person knew Photoshop. Sorry, you don't oh, know Photoshop. No. <laughs> and, and so like the first half of the first season, she just doesn't have a job. And she's like trying to get a job. And of course, there's all these um there's her relationship with um, Adam, which is the name of the character as well as the actor, okay. Adam Dreyer, yeah. And um, and there's a relationship with him, and uh, in the beginning, it's very kind of like they just do one-night stands, basically, and um, and then uh, later on in the series, they, they start to date. But um, it's, it's very focused on the relationships, but a f- very real life, too, like... Mm-hmm. There, you know, um, you know, a lot of c- 
complaints about certain series, and I heard this about a little bit of Master None and um, Friends and that kind of stuff, is you know, oh geez, it's like rich white people problems, mm-hmm. and um, because you know they all have jobs and they all have nice apartments, and you know it's just about them interacting with the world. Where this is a lot more, um, you know, they have those kind of problems where they don't have a job and and that kind of thing, and. And then there's the relationships on top of that. So mm-hmm. that adds a real kind of interesting yeah. dynamic to the show. Yeah. It's, it's poor Generation Y problems. Is what it turns into. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I feel like we both can relate to that. I think we can. Yeah. <laughs> I think we certainly can. We don't, own, we don't own this booth. No, we definitely <laughs> don't. Or half the equipment. No. no that's true. But uh, that's cool. I've, I've, I've definitely kind of flipped through and I've seen... Uh, a little, and I've seen bits and pieces of girls, and and um, it seems like my kind of show. But yeah. uh, you know, once once I get a little bit off the plate, um, <laughs> we'll make room for it. I think both of us have Netflix cues that, that stretch to the moon. Yeah, and I think that's part of the purpose of this segment, right? Is to kind of talk yeah. about shows that maybe you know neither of us have right. all the time in the world. So it's good just to talk about shows that maybe just one of us has yeah, seen. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, maybe get the other one interested. Absolutely. Uh, okay. So I think that about wraps it up. I think so. So uh, yeah, that was pretty good. This has been oddly successful. It has been. <laughs> so all three of you who have listened to this podcast, <laughs> we thank you for listening. We thank you very much. Um, of course, this is at the very beginning stages, um, so uh, this is very dynamic. Um You know, we're not necessarily going to do the exact same thing again next month, though I think it went pretty well. So I think so, too. So it might be very similar. Um, So, you know, I hope you'll stick with us. And, um, of course, if you have any comments or feedback or whatever, you know, you can contact us directly because I'm sure you know us. Uh, Or uh, (laughs) we set up a Gmail to look all professional-like. We sure did. Uh, So the email is screens and streams. So that's screens and then the letter n streams at gmail.com all one word uh so you can go ahead and send us there i'm Um, so glad that wasn't taken yeah i know we (laughs) lucked out there yeah we didn't have to be like screens and streams 69 (laughs) gmail.com uh streams and screams 23 yeah Yeah. just make up some random number exactly so screens n streams at gmail.com is email and um do we know where we're going to be hosted yet? I think we were talking about SoundCloud. Yeah, or... uh, so possibly, uh, most likely SoundCloud. Most, more than likely. Um, uh, I'm going to try and get us onto iTunes. I think all you need is an RS feed, which SoundCloud provides. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and try that, and uh, we'll uh, uh, definitely try and get on there. Um, of course, uh, you know, I'm sure we'll have some audio files floating around too, so uh, yeah. I don't know. We'll try and get it up as many places as possible. Yeah, that'll be great. So uh, be, be prepared for me to spam Facebook <laughs> and Twitter in Twitter. the next uh, <laughs> in the first for coming uh, forthcoming weeks. Yeah, sounds uh, sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think that's about it. Yeah. So uh, thanks everyone, and uh, we will talk to you next month. Adios, folks. <laughs>